but I do have a specialization in sex therapy. I think a lot of people in general, it takes them five years before of having a problem and they know it's a problem before they'll seek help with it. People don't really seek help until they see it as a, a problem and sometimes as a last minute resort. Welcome to our podcast, a weekly discussion with people who are in the business of pleasure. Brought to you by Bedroom Candy, a sexual health and wellness company. Once a week, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the sexual health industry, entrepreneurship, relationships, and empowerment. Interviews will include the founders of Bedroom Candy, some of our amazing consultants, entrepreneurs, sex toy designers, as well as educators and experts in the industry. Join me, Nadine Thompson, president of Bedroom Candy Boutique Parties, on this journey of self-discovery as we wash away age-old stigmas about sexuality, self-love, and to learn about the lives of the people that make their living in the business of pleasure. Welcome to Episode 5 of The Business of Pleasure. I'm Nadine Thompson, your host today, and we are really excited because today we are going to be interviewing um, someone very special in our community, Renee Burwell. Renee, are you with us today? Yes, I am. Wonderful. It's great to hear your voice, and thank you for agreeing to be a part of our podcast well, I'm very excited to be here myself. <laughs> now, am I correct? You're out in Tennessee, is that correct? Yes. I'm One- in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville. Wonderful, wonderful. I really, I think I've visited there once and I would love to come back. So we've got to do something with Bedroom Candy and get us out there. Yeah, I'll have to try to think of something. <laughs> So, Renee, one of the things I have a lot of questions to ask you today, Um, our podcast, The Business of Pleasure, we like to talk about the whole industry of adult toys and sex and sexuality and wellness. There's a lot of things we like to cover. And um, I looked at your CV. It's quite impressive. I see that you went to Spelman College, which is awesome. Um, and I also noticed that you've got, um, um, you've done postgraduate work in sex therapy and education. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Um, so I'm trying to, do you want me to tell you more about the educational background and how to get into that? No, just about your work as a sex therapist. Maybe that would be more specific. Okay. Um, so pretty much. I see individuals, I do regular therapy, so I always like to start with that. So I see people for anxiety, depression, um, bipolar, the whole gamut of different mental mental health issues. And, um, but I do have a specialization in sex therapy. So I see a lot of individuals who have low arousal issues, low desire. Um, Some people would term it as sex addiction, because I'm going through more of a sex-positive route, I don't really use the term sex addiction, but more so like compulsive sexuality issues, and sometimes it can kind of be more of a side effect of bipolar. Um, I also treat people who are in a fair recovery, people who have issues with orgasming, delayed orgasm, delayed orgasms, people who are unable to have orgasms. A lot of people see me if they're interested in kind of developing a polyamorous relationship and kind of setting rules and guidelines for that 
And I also see a lot of people who are into kinks and BDSM, amongst many, many other things. Wow. So do you have a private practice out there in Nashville? Are you part of a larger agency? Um, I have a practice with two nurse practitioners. Okay. And they prescribe medication management, and I do all of the therapy on site. Wonderful, wonderful. It's great to know because I think that a lot of people, you know, you hear the words sex addict, the words sex addiction quite a bit. I know in the last few years, you've been hearing it much more out in the media um, in regards to conversations or gossip about uh, celebrities and, you know, of various types of sex addiction. Um, one of the things that's been really informative for me is to think about some of that behavior that for some people can be so destructive or painful or seeming, you know, to be out of control. Um, it's really interesting to hear that there are sex therapists um, in the regular community, meaning for the common person that would be able to go and, um, and seek help. How do people actually realize that they need help? At what point do you think people enter into the relationship with you? How do they get from being out there having multiple affairs to actually sitting in your office? Um, it's interesting because I think a lot of people in general, it takes them five years before of having a problem and they know it's a problem before they'll seek help with it, okay. especially in the realm of sexuality, because there's so much shame and guilt around sex. Mm-hmm. And honestly, there aren't a lot of trained professionals in the area. A lot of people will say that they may um, can help, but they actually don't have the actual understanding and the background and education around sex and sexuality. So then they can also re-traumatize people too. So a lot of people don't really seek the help that they need. Um, but in, when it comes to almost any mental illness, people don't really seek help until they see it as a, a problem and sometimes as a last-minute resort. Okay, understand. So, so for example, if someone for, you know, is in a relationship or a marriage and they've had several affairs and it's be really hurting their relationship, maybe their partner knows or their partner doesn't know, you're saying it can take up to five years for that person to really see it as a problem and maybe not until their partner threatens or their, their marriage or relationship is coming to an end that's the time they might think about going to get help. And you're saying not only is that a big step towards getting help, which I know as a a therapist and social worker myself, that getting help is and recognizing the fact that you need to get help is really important, but also um, getting the right type of help I'm now learning from you is even more important when you're talking about sex therapy. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. The thing is, even with the term sex addiction, mm-hmm. um, really, it's not in the DSM-5. It's okay. not a evidence-based term, but it's been thrown out there all over the place. <laughs> and um, who can really label how much sex is good and how much sex is not and what is damaging and what is not? And if they're underlining bipolar or someone cycling and that's what's causing them to have hypersexuality, are there attachment issues? Are, you know, different people have different rules in their relationships. So do you and your partner enjoy have, having multiple partners? 
it's not really an issue until it becomes an issue. So um, it just really can take a lot of time to really for people to figure out they, that they might need help and to figure out what kind of rules they want within their relationship. Interesting. And for themselves. Interesting. Now, I know in the bedroom candy community, a large percentage of our cust- of our consultants as well as our customers are women. Can you share with me um, some common issues that come up for women in your practice that you think might be helpful um, to share with our listeners today? Um, I think some of the... It's interesting because it's like with sex addiction, it's usually a lot of men will come and see me for that. Mm -hmm. And then for women, and this isn't, I'm just saying my typical caseload. Um, For women, some of the things I see a lot of are low arousal issues, low desire, um, the inability to orgasm. And the reality is, is that women... In order to be have this, typically speaking, because I don't, I never want to give a blanket statement. But women typically need arousal before they have desire, so they have to kind of have something that's arousing them before they can even really have desire. And then men typically, because of the testosterone, a lot of times they have desire and then they become aroused. Um, so that's kind of where the toys and different stimulus can kind of help women with their arousal issues. They're like, oh, I don't have any desire, but are you doing anything beforehand, the, the foreplay, to actually build your desire up? So are y'all sending nice messages to one another? Are you um, stimulating yourself with music beforehand, maybe using some toys, maybe even using some of our clitoral arousal gels beforehand just to kind of get yourself aroused so that you can gain gain desire is something that I feel is very important. And then the reality is only about 30% of women can have um, an orgasm vaginally. And it's funny, like when people, when I throw that out there, 30%, people will still say, well, how can I have an orgasm vaginally? And the reality is instead of focusing on how can you have an orgasm that is hard to achieve, focus on how you can have an orgasm that you can achieve, which most women can achieve an orgasm through clitoral stimulation. So if we go back to bedroom candy, there's a multi, there's tons of, of a whole variety of different toys and products that bedroom candy offers for clitoral stimulation that you can use while doing self-play or even with your partner so that you can achieve an orgasm even while you're being penetrated or, um, doing other activities sexually. Wow, that's really interesting. So what are some of the bedroom candy products that you would recommend for women specifically for for that type of arousal? Definitely the hip hop, especially if you're, as you get, as women age, Mm -hmm. they need a little bit stronger um, stimulation than just um, some of the younger women. Okay. So the hip hop is very powerful. It's direct clitoral stimulation. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm going to have to get my book out because I have to go through and like give you all my favorites. Right. Um, Great. So that it gives a very powerful clitoral stimulation. We have the new Bewitched one, right? and that's another one that's very powerful in giving clitoral stimulation. And the thing is, like, I'm naming these two off as very powerful, but the reality is before people really even, I mean, part of 
exploring these toys is knowing your body. So do you like a lot of the stimulation? Do you need that? Or do you need softer stimulation? Because if you need like a softer stimulation, the candy pop might be better for you. Um, Also, the candy kisses is definitely a strong one for clitoral stimulation, too, and it's nice, cute. It doesn't get in the way. It's, um, if you are having heterosexual sex, it's not intimidating to most men. So a lot of our products are very good for um, making sure women are pleased and also kind of not intimidating other partners or getting in the way while you're having intercourse with another person. Okay. And if you were trying to get, like, the G-spot stimulation Uh or experience the squirting action, the I'm Hooked is another good one to use. Oh, And the BK Cuddle. Interesting. Interesting. So, you know, I am, you know, taken uh, aback by what you said about... um, arousal and desire I mean I've learned something really really powerful today because I thought that you had to desire something first before you could be aroused by it I didn't know that it went you know was the other way around and I think uh, there's probably a lot of people in my boat and that's really interesting to note tell me a little bit more about how you define the difference between arousal and desire I mean I know pretty straightforward what arousal means, but how do you sort of intellectually understand it if you're explaining it to a client or a customer, the difference between the two? Like, what is desire? So, arousal is really, and I'll start with arousal first, because that's what typically women need, and that's more of like the physical body response. Okay. Um, And it's, so that's what I'll kind of define that as, is, is the physical body response to different stimulus. So in order to, for women to actually get the desire to want it, they have to actually have something that's stimulating them, you know, mentally and physic- or physically so that they can have the desire. So okay. that means being not having as much stress on your plate. Um, again, like the clitoral arousal, the Ignite Me is a very good one to kind of just kind of, okay, I'm not really in a desire, I'm I'm not feeling, I don't desire sex. So what I'll do is I'll put a little bit of this clitoral arousal on to kind of stimulate me mentally and physically so that I can desire sex beforehand. So it's Um, the desiring sex as opposed to desiring the person. Repeat that one more time. It says it's desiring the sexual act as opposed to how we generally use desire, desiring a person. You're desiring the sex as well, the act of it. Yes. Okay. Interesting. And Ignite Me, um, that's a very popular product. And so that's something you're recommending for women in particular. It's, it's a great way to start as far as getting the arousal up and going so then they can then desire because they've been physically and mentally stimulated by the Ignite Me. That and also some of the Seduce Me items. Okay. You know, being able to have different smells that kind of arouse you. Um, having different visuals, like some of our candles can help, even some of the BDSM um, items that we have that are very cute. Being able to visually stimulate yourself, I always say use the six senses. We have, you know, typically people know about the five. So you have touch, 
you have smell, you have taste, you have um, hearing, um, a sight. And then the six is I like to use like a sixth sense, which is more like intuition and just feelings around you. Um, so fi- figuring out ways to kind of arouse those different senses mm-hmm. can help women gain that desire. And even when it comes to desiring one person or the partner, um, I think it's not really what I, what I like to tell men is a lot of times it's not about them. <laughs> you know, like when a woman does not have a lot of desire and the same thing, I have men that come to me that don't have desire anymore. Okay. It's not about the person. It's really what's going on internally that's not allowing them to have arousal anymore or not being able to arouse for them to have that desire. Right, right. That's really interesting. That's very, very interesting. And I was just going to ask you about men. And so often I've heard women say that, um, you know, what can I do to, you know, get my partner, get my husband more interested? Do you have some tips for what women can do in their relationships um, to get their partner aroused or desirous? Because hmm. it, it's really not a cookie-cutter situation. Um, I, I'll still go back to the same thing about the senses. Really, you know, trying to create, knowing your partner and knowing what excites them, what um, what makes them happy. It's different for everybody. Different people are, are stimulated differently. They like different things. They t- different things that they like to taste are different. So kind of knowing your partner, knowing when I say that sixth sense, that's really the, the most important key is that attunement with your partner. What are they going through? Um, do they have maybe a Madonna whore complex where you're now the, the mother person for them so that it's hard for them to eroticize you? And that's something that's difficult to kind of um, overcome. Um, or are y'all just so busy in responsibilities that you are no longer making sacred space for sex? So it's really, I think, regardless if whoever is lacking desire or arousal, it's really important to always try to designate some type of time and space Mm -hmm. for sacred sex and, and being able to be erotic and intimate with your partner because we, a lot of people can have really good friendships with their partner, but then they lose that eroticism because they don't make the time for it. Okay. Wonderful. That's really interesting. What about, I've read about and heard about, what about the idea that, um, or the dynamic of jealousy within a relationship. Can jealousy be um, something that can arouse um, desire? Um, definitely it can. I think in general, being too intimate can definitely hurt arouse. It can probably be in, in the sex therapy world. Um, there's different relationship types. And one that has, like, the least amount of sex are, like, the friendship partnerships. Because when you feel like you know someone like the back of your hand, you take away that mystery. So, in general, I'm not saying jealousy is what people should have in a relationship. But there needs to be some form of mystery and something that that partner is always feeling like, oh, maybe 
um, I don't know this person as well as I think they I do. That I think does that make sense? Yep. Yep. So always having some form of mystery about yourself and not losing yourself in a relationship is key to keeping that eroticism going on both parts. Interesting. Very interesting. Renee, I noticed on your CV you have a website called Pandora's Awakening. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So my business is, or my brand that I'm creating for myself is called Pandora's Awakening. And really my goal at some point is to create like a wellness center for men and women to focus on holistic sexual health. So when it comes to sexual health, a lot of people just think of um, maybe going to the doctor and getting your preventative care needs. But really it's about making sure your mind is clear and your emotions are, are healthy. You're spiritually connected and grounded to yourself and your partner. Um, it's about making sure you have a, a very healthy pelvic floor. And again, we do have the hold on to me, which are our Kegel exercise balls um, that are very important for women to keep their pelvic floor healthy. Um, And my whole brand is just sexual health and just making sure we are taking care of ourselves. So I also do a lot of different programs here in Nashville when it comes to sex sex positivity. And I also, um, do a lot of different workshops for sexual health professionals so that both the community as well as our profession is looking at sex in a healthy way because sex should be a natural part of life. It shouldn't be taboo the way that we've made it. And I believe it should be sacred and private in some aspects, but it shouldn't be something that we can't have healthy conversations about because most of us have gotten here through the act of sex and most of us are are only about, I think, by the time you're 25, 95% of people are having intercourse. So for us not to be talking about it, um, I want to make sure we're creating spaces to make it healthy. Wow. Versus shameful. What a tremendous business and practice. I That sounds so exciting and such a wonderful service to the community and to the people who are able to... Um, to, to partake of it. So it's pandorasawakening.com. Before we end, Renee, I want to have you back probably several times on this podcast because you've just brought up so many topics and illuminated so many ideas for me. There's so many more things that I want to talk to you about. I'd love to invite you back again to talk. Um, you've got such an expertise in this area. I wanted to ask you a few things about your bedroom candy business. Just a, a few quick questions. Um, uh, again, um, how long have you been a part of the bedroom candy community? Um, I have been with bedroom candy. My years are so bad now. It's like my time frame, just everything is blending. So I want to say three years, but I want to say it's actually going on four in May. Oh, wonderful. Well, congratulations. You've been around almost from the outset. Yes. Quick, how has your life changed since you became involved with Bedroom Candy as a consultant? Um, it's interesting because before I was in with that room candy, I was doing medical social work, geriatrics actually. And, um, sex definitely was coming up as a topic and someone, and I was looking for another stream of income and someone was like, well, what about bedroom candy? You know, candy Burris is doing their product line. You can make good money in sex toys. And I was just like, you know what? I'm a little bit of an introvert. I don't know about 
um, speaking in front of groups about sex toys, and everyone's like, Renee, you always talk about sex, and you're so you're like the nerd sex person. <laughs> and I was just like, well, um, let me look into it. So when I was looking into it, I also at the same time looked into the certification um, as a sex therapist because I knew I had the um, clinical credentials. I just didn't have the additional certification. So once I actually started doing bedroom candy, that's when I was like, okay, I really need to know what I'm talking about when I'm dealing with, uh, when I'm presenting, because I was like, there's so much misinformation that was being handed out, and people were asking me all these kinds of questions um, at the parties. So because of Bedroom Candy, that kind of helped push me directly into going into the sex therapy world, for sure, you know, versus just playing around with it. Awesome. Interesting. Um, do you, how do you think that being a sex educator, and, I, and maybe this is a redundant question, but I would say being a sex educator, would you agree has helped your bedroom candy business? Definitely. I mean, if you know how the body responds, you kind of know how to tell someone, you're not just selling someone a product, you're actually helping them. Yeah, absolutely. Another question. You know, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, oh I was just going to say a lot of people, when they get into different sales opportunities, it's all about making money. But really, if you want to keep and sustain a business, helping your people, helping the people and your clients is really what is going to make you the most money and, the re- and have people return back to you. Wonderful. That's so important. And I think that's key. It's really engaging the customer. Um, you know, if you're providing, we're providing a service as well as a product. And particularly with you as a consultant, you're giving, you're offering a really wonderful service to both the women and men that come to you to buy product. You're able to help them understand how to use it and how to benefit from it and how it can really improve their lives. And I see that as a tremendous service that you're offering to the community. Renee, do you feel by giving women the chance to be more open and bold with their own sexual satisfaction that you're giving them the courage to be more daring with their lives in general, their dreams, ambitions, risk-taking? Well, definitely. I mean, if we look at society, sexuality is one of the most scariest aspects of of humanity, right? Or, or of how Americans at least look at um, human beings. So it's like if you're able to take ownership of something that people may feel is taboo, even though it's a natural part of life, just imagine what else you can um, yeah. overcome and take. And plus, if we look at, I'm, I'm a little bit of a yogi. Mm-hmm. So the second chakra is all about creativity and sexuality. So to me, sexual, and it's not even just yoga. If we look at even Christianity and most religions, sexuality is part of our creativity. It's part of what we do to procreate. And, um, and I'll just kind of leave it at that. So if you're learning how to take ownership of your sexuality, you're learning how to take ownership of your creativity and you're creating whatever world it is that you want to live in. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's great. Thank you. And my last question for you today is, what is your top selling toy or what is your favorite? Either. Um, really, my top selling toy 
is definitely the hip hop. Okay. My favorite toy is the Make Me Over. Uh-huh. Um, and the Make Me Over, I like that because it's nice as a massager, but it's also kind of an interesting intro to anal play. Um, for both men and women, and I think men definitely can benefit from being able to have their prostate stimulated. Um, so that's kind of one of my reasons for that one. And it's a nice connector, connector piece between partners. Wow. Boy, Renee, every time you answer a question, I learn something else. You are so amazing. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today on the Business of Pleasure. Before we end, I just want to ask, is there anything else that you'd like to share about yourself or Bedroom Candy that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Well, um, I just want to thank y'all for letting me speak. And um, if anyone ever has any questions, don't feel afraid to hesitate to contact me. This work is important. It's saving lives. It's helping rebuild communities and relationships. So I think um, it's, it's about having fun, but it's really a, a life-saving piece for our community. Oh, wonderful. I, I mean, you said it so, so perfectly. And I would love to have you back on another time. I mean, just listening to you talk about the toys is so interesting and I wonder if you'd be willing to come back and do another interview with me just talking about the toy line in a way and the ways uh, that you recommend them and some interesting ideas for using them and how to sell them because I think it's just so fascinating even uh, just sharing about how you would use Make Me Over for prostate massage I mean that's really really great and I think we can really benefit from your wisdom so I'd love to have you on again Uh, when your schedule permits. Thank you so much for being with us on the call uh, this afternoon. Thank you so much, Renee. Thank you for taking the time. No problem. Thank you. The Business of Pleasure is brought to you by Bedroom Candy, a sexual health and wellness company. Tune in next week to listen to our next fun episode of The Business of Pleasure. An up-to-date listing of all our episodes can be found on our blog at www.bedroomcandy.com forward slash podcast. And that's Candy, K-A-N-D-I. Next week, our guest is Ms. Gail Crowder. Gail is a wife, mother, and founder and president of The One Sexy Wife. Would you like to earn free bedroom candy products? Throw a bedroom candy party? Find a consultant in your area? Or join our amazing team of empowered bedroom candy consultants around the country? Or would you like to shop our gorgeous catalog of sexual health and wellness products? Visit us at bedroomcandy.com forward slash podcast. That's bedroom, K-A-N-D-I dot com forward slash podcast. <laughs>